We rarely know what lies beneath the sexy, filtered version of life that we see online. So we're lifting the lid and having the conversations about money that no one else is having. So settle in, grab yourself a coffee and come join the conversation. Thanks to the last two years of lockdowns, many hen and stag do's have been postponed and the summer of 2022 is looking busier than ever. This means that people are using more of their precious annual leave and spending more money to celebrate happy couples. Did you know that the average cost of attending a stag or hen do in 2022 is now £242? I've been working with Hotels.com to find out more and today... We're chatting about all things hen and stag spending with one of our good friends, Lizzie. From the most popular destinations to how to save money without saying no, we've got you covered. A big thank you to Hotels.com for partnering with us on this episode. If you want to find out more information and save more money, then you can head to Hotels.com to start earning rewards now. Lizzie, thank you so much for coming to chat with us about all things hen party. Just to kind of set the scene here, we have found out recently that the average cost of hen and stag dues has more than doubled in the past decade. And we're now looking at around £242 on average for one stag or one hen per person, that is. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experiences recently going on hens and how have you found managing the budget yeah so firstly it's really great to be here um so just for context I've just turned 30 so it's that kind of critical age where a lot of friends are starting to settle down get married so there's a lot of hen parties and weddings happening at the moment and honestly there's been such a range in terms of how people choose to celebrate their hen dues um so for me I think the tricky thing is is that they tend to they can either come in like you know they're all at once or there's a few dotted throughout the year so I do think it's quite hard to budget for them I mean often um, you know you will have sort of time in advance to plan but sometimes they're that there's not that and they're less organized um, so for me I think it's it's a case of like I've been lucky I haven't had loads but some have been more um, way more expensive than others so sometimes um, you know you might have to prioritize certain Hindus over others perhaps depending on the cost or how far away it is or even how close you are to, to the bride. Um, but for me, it's been anything from, you know, sort of a £60 spend for the whole day, which is great, or anything up to 500 So, yeah, it's been a real range. Oh, my gosh. £500 is a lot of money. And um, tell us a little bit more about what that involved. Where did yeah. you go? So, actually, um, there was the initial, you know, like, hen chat, WhatsApp chat. And that was the kind of number they were throwing around. And I just had to say no at that point because it just seemed like so much money. Um, essentially, it was a two night stay somewhere in the UK. And then that would include food and drinks and things. But, you know, I don't think that took into account things like getting there. Um, so, you know, I just think for a weekend trip that you don't really have any control over any of the activities is just far too much money, in my opinion, for, for me anyway. Yeah, totally. Me too. I actually, I just attended a hen that was for one of my best friends and it cost £300, which for me, I thought was a lot of money. Mm. And I was sort of happy to do it on this occasion because she's one of my best friends, but I'm 28. So around that age as well, where everyone's getting engaged. And I thought Mm -hmm. there's just no way on earth if I got invited on 
you know, five hens, because yeah. this is the sort of age where you do get like a few every yeah. year. There's there's no way I can be spending 300 pounds on each. I just think it's mad. But in addition to the money, one thing I also think is really interesting is actually the time you have to carve out. Because a lot of these do seem to span a weekend and some of us work weekends or they might start on a Friday. And actually one of the statistics was unbelievable that a tenth of people will use up an entire working week of annual leave to attend a stag or a hen, which I just found mind blowing. But I wonder Mm. also how have you found that in your experience have you had to take any days off and if so like do you feel resentful about it yeah I mean that's a great question I think that is the reality for most people I mean I'm in the fortunate position where I'm self-employed so for me that hasn't really been as much of an issue for me but I know for for others it probably is because there's always like a Friday or a Monday that you're potentially going to have to take off and I think this is interesting as well if we branch into weddings as well and post-COVID a lot of weddings are now happening midweek um, which I think is huge, especially as um, it's something that everyone's having to do because there just there aren't the venues anymore. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of dive into that side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it, because I think it's such an interesting point you make there. I think before the pandemic, it was maybe less acceptable to have a midweek wedding or it was less the done thing I suppose acceptable maybe isn't the right word but you know people really wanted those weekends but when people have come to be reorganizing weddings and you know I had to postpone once but I know there are so many couples that had to do it so many times you just don't care by the time you get to it I think for a lot of these couples and so it's like well what date can I even have and Some of these venues have been booked up for 2022 from pre-pandemic. So couples are in this situation where they're like, we want to get married. We want this venue. You've got our deposit. And all of the friends and family have kind of got a flex with it, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, I really love this point. I think it's almost something that people aren't really considering at this point because all the weddings I've been invited to this year and next year are all... on unconventional days so I've got a Sunday I've got two Sunday weddings I've got a wedding on a Wednesday and that one's actually abroad so for that one itself I'll have to take off you know probably three or four days um, just even traveling there and then kind of covering all the costs to be there Um, but it's such a great point because I do think you know as an attendee you almost get that there's you, you not only have to spend that money but you also have to take time off so it's a real struggle and at the same time, I really empathise for these, you know, husbands and wives that have had to reschedule um, so many times. And it's like, you know, they're so desperate to get married and this has been their only option. So, um, yeah, it's really tricky. Yeah, it is really hard. And like, you know, fortunately, many of us have a lot of friends, but when these are all adding up, presumably for most, I can, I'm anticipating for me, like I've not had it the situation yet, but I'm anticipating for me, it's going to get to the point where, I'm going to have to say no to some hens and some weddings, particularly as well, because a lot of people are getting married abroad now. And like you say, that often costs a lot. It means time. I'm self-employed as well. It means time off work. And aside from just the time, that's also time you could have been working and earning money. And I just wonder, have you come have you been in that situation where you've just had to say no, because it was just kind of too much? And if so, what's the what's the response been that you've got? Yeah, absolutely. So I think firstly, it's really tricky when 
weddings and hens are or typically the weddings they're planned so far in advance and you're agreeing to something that you don't have to you know take money or time off for until you know 12 months down the line I think that's really tricky um, but in terms of hens absolutely I've had to say no to um, to hens in the past and it's it's really tricky isn't it because you obviously want to attend but there's also the element of the amount of money you're spending for something that you know you don't have any control over um, there's also the element of it could be a lot of people that you don't know and I think it's very easy for a lot of people to feel quite anxious in those environments and I know I felt like that in the past even though I'm you know relatively outgoing and confident I think it's very easy to feel anxious when you're with people you don't know for you know a whole weekend it's very draining um, and you mentioned earlier just even the amount of time it takes up even if they are all on weekends it's it's a lot of time and that's your free time and often they're very draining <laughs> inevitably there are going to be times like you say when you have to say no but I think what is really interesting to think about are whether there are ways that you can actually go and attend these hen stags these weddings because you know we all want to be part of the occasion for our, our nearest and dearest but how can we go to them and actually like cut the costs or save a little bit of money? Are there any things that you have come up with? Um, any kind of hacks that we can take away for the summer of 2022, which is going to be a busy one? Yeah, and I love this question. I think um, as a currently single woman, it's really tricky because these events, less so the hens, but the weddings can really add up. Um, especially things like travel and then obviously um, being in a room either paying for a double by yourself or trying to find a single room it's so expensive so I think for me where I've tried to sort of cut corners is if there are people going that I know I'll travel with them often they're driving and these weddings are in like the middle of nowhere so you really do need a car or you're going to be paying a lot for cabs so that's one thing I've tried to do in terms of the hens um, I think I've been relatively lucky in that they haven't been too expensive or they've been one day. Um, but if it's any more than that, then I'd probably say, look, if it's if the cost is going to be a real issue, then perhaps it is a case of you go for one day. You know, even if it's too much and you can't afford it, perhaps you offer to go on spy with the hen or make it up in some other way so that you're, you know, still doing something with them to celebrate. We do forget sometimes, like sharing a room, sharing travel, like these things do make a massive difference because they're the biggest costs. Um, one thing that I'd love to ask you, because I know you've done quite a lot of research recently about millennial spending patterns. And given that, you know, the cost of hens are going through the roof, life is, thing, everything's becoming more and more difficult for us uh, in terms of mortgages, rent, bills going up, just the cost of living. I wonder what you think, and Ellie jump in, like what do we think is going to happen in terms of hens, stags, weddings? Do we think that people are gonna continue spending more and more and more on these things? Because I think on one hand, there's a real argument post COVID. I've heard a lot of people saying, well, if anything, it just highlights how important these times to come together and celebrate are, and therefore we should really make the most of every opportunity. But on the other hand, people have suffered a lot of financial hardship. Things are difficult for the majority of us, especially living in London, you know, and there's obviously a clear argument also to maybe not spend quite so much on a day. I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, yeah, I, I really like this question. I think, um, it's so true, you know, cost of living has gone up exponentially. Um, but in terms of yeah, the, my own research I've done, it's, it's basically suggesting that 
you know, up to 78% of millennials prefer spending money on experiences over, um, you know, physical objects, essentially. So I think that's so true post-COVID. For me personally, I think it's about choosing um, the experiences that I, I'm happy to pay money for. So if it's a case of, you know, someone I perhaps don't know that well, um, or perhaps even activities that I just, I know I'm not going to enjoy, then maybe it is a case of saying, look, I'm really sorry, I can't attend, but you know, we'll do something else another time. Um, because yeah, on the one hand, you've got to consider your budget, but also, you know, the memories and experiences you can have by spending this money. I believe that life's short. So, you know, why not spend it on great activities and, um, and memories, but just make sure you're not, you know, wasting your time on things you're not going to enjoy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And actually, I think that that is one thing that we have taken away from a lot of the last couple of years is that spending that valuable time with like the people that you love and care about is so, so important. But I want to change direction a little bit here and talk about what we would do if money were no object. Because another thing that we looked at in this survey with Hotels.com is where the top destinations are when it comes to dream, money is no object, stags and hens. So before I tell you what the actual answers are, I want to know what you would do if you were planning the ultimate no holds barred stag hen do wherever in the world you could go. Wow, what a question. Um, oh, honestly, that's it's so tricky, isn't it? There's like so many options you could you could go for. I'd probably go for something like a mini break or a long weekend to somewhere hot, potentially like Greece or um, I don't know maybe somewhere like Croatia just somewhere where you can have like really nice food really nice wine see some beautiful sights have a great time it'd be quite chilled um, but then obviously you're kind of limited with how many people you can invite so I don't know that's such a hard one to answer I think the main thing is like good food and good vibes really. I think I would take a pretty different approach I feel like I'd probably do something UK based because I'd want I feel like I'd, I'm a bit old school I feel like I'd want my mum there and my sister they're a bit older and I feel like if money was no object I'd go to some absolutely fabulous like health spa for a weekend and everyone just get completely pampered for two days straight like beautiful hotel rooms beautiful food basically spending like more or less 48 hours in a dressing gown preferably in the summer when the weather's nice that would be my sort of vibe I think I mean yeah take me on both of those sign me up now um I mean just to kind of fill you in the number one top destination money's no object Las Vegas oh I thought it might be (laughs) yeah I mean Las Vegas always seems to come out pretty high up um but yeah I mean the the range of places that people are going to is definitely expanding more and more rapidly um as the costs go up unsurprisingly I mean I don't know whether you've had any experience of this Lizzie but planning a hen party being part of the bridal party where do you even begin when it comes to making these decisions yeah so I actually did have to plan a hen for one of my good friends who I was a bridesmaid for but I think what helped is that there were eight of us I think and we all split you know we did kind of a little section each 
Um, and I think it really helped that my friend is like the opposite of a bridezilla. She was so chilled about it. So she really just wanted to have a fun day. So that made our lives a lot easier. Um, and, you know, we were very conscious of costs. So, for example, um, for the evening, she we kind of hosted it at her mum's house and we were able to stay over. But because it was in London, most people just went home. So um, it was a really busy day and it was so fun. And we we basically DIY'd a lot of it. So it ended up being a lot more reasonable. Um, and probably one of the more expensive things was that I sourced this huge double decker party bus to drive us from um, kind of north northwest London where her mum is all the way into Farringdon to Piano Works. Um, but that was honestly like one of the highlights because it was it was like a disco double decker bus. Um, so we were like drinking and laughing and dancing on the bus. It was so fun. <laughs> if you can have help in terms of the planning and then also understanding what the bride wants out of it that's probably like a winning combination. One thing I really wonder about when you're the person planning the hen, and I know different brides have different numbers of hens on their hen party, but one thing that I wonder, like how you approach setting the budget, because a lot of the time you you don't know all the people that are going, like the one I just went on, for example, I think there was about 25. And you can imagine of the 25 people there, I would guess that the range of sort of incomes was pretty broad and not everybody has the same level of affordability. Mm. And I don't know how you go about setting a budget, particularly if say the bride has, you know, like great expectations, but then you don't want to put people under pressure. Like who even sets that? You guys know, I don't even know. Does the bride decide mm. it? Do the do the bridesmaids decide it? How does a, a an agreed budget even happen? Yeah, such a great question. I think um, as someone that's, well, I've only planned one, so not, not loads of experience, but I think what we did is we sort of said, right, because we had a similar, you know, 25 people attending, it was huge. We basically said, look, this is what the plan is come to whichever bit you want to whichever bit you can afford so we had people coming throughout the day at different points so it was really budget friendly um overall it it wasn't expensive but it made sense and just made it really fun and for everyone because they knew you know they were spending as much as they wanted to really I absolutely love that concept I mean I've never heard that before I come across that but I think that's the most brilliant idea to kind of do it like that. I don't know if it maybe requires a little bit more thought in terms of logistics to kind of put together a, yeah. an agenda and kind of cost it up for everybody. But I just think that is so nice and inclusive and allows everyone to come without being under pressure and allows everyone to just attend kind of in a way that they feel comfortable and happy with. Yeah, exactly. And I think there are so many things that you can do like that, you know, even if it is a trip that is to a different city, like you don't have to go, like you said earlier, for the whole length of time. You could go for one night rather than going for three nights. And another thing that actually has come to mind recently that, that people can do is, you know, look at whether you can actually travel if you have to travel earlier and work remotely, work from a hotel so you can reduce the amount of annual leave that you need to take. Yeah. Because I think that that's another thing that maybe before the pandemic would have been not possible but if you work where you can take your laptop with you you might be able to get a cheaper flight by going earlier if you're going to to Europe or somewhere or get a late train and night before get up do some work and then relax so I think we've got a lot more options in terms of how we can be flexible and ultimately I think 
you've got to just hope that the bride or the groom is not going to be a bride or a groomzilla. For sure. And I mean, you're right. Like there are, I mean, hopefully we don't want a bridezilla or a groomzilla on our hands, but you are right. There are loads of ways that we can save and approach this in a more kind of sensible and considered way. I mean, one of the key things we all know with any sort of travel or anything we're doing is just try and book early and in advance, take advantage of any sort of loyalty reward schemes Hotels.com, for example, have an amazing reward scheme. So for each night you stay at a property, you get um, a stamp. And if you collect 10 of those stamps, you get a reward night, which is worth the average of the previous 10 nights stayed. So if you're doing a big group booking, that's an amazing way to get an extra night in a hotel free. Also sharing things like, for example, if you are flying somewhere, not everybody will need a full size suitcase. If there are friends of yours on there, share one piece of luggage and split the cost in half. There are all sorts of ways if we just try and be a bit smarter that we can save on these crazy, crazy hen and stag costs. If you want to actually check out any more of these tips, then you can head over to my account on Instagram, This Girl Talks Money. Um, but before we round off this chat, I want to hear what plans you guys have got when it comes to hen parties this summer. Are you heading anywhere? I have no more hens coming up this summer, but I do have three weddings and I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that sooner or later I will get invited on one of the boys' stags. What about you, Ellie? What have you got coming up? Yeah, so I am actually heading abroad in a couple of weeks' time for a hen. It's the first abroad one and I'm very excited. Um, It's one of my close friends who is getting married in the UK, but she actually lives in Germany. So we're heading out there to party with her and... I left booking the flights a little bit late, so they have cost me a little bit more than I had planned, but you only get married once, hopefully, and I think it's going to be an amazing occasion, so I'm really excited. Fabulous. Well, I've loved this chat. It's been very enlightening for me. And Lizzie, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your insights. It's been fab to have you. Yeah, of course. It's been great to chat with you girls.